Just imagine the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them on one team. The Fire and Water Network proudly presents JLU Cast. Hello and welcome to JLU Cast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network covering the Justice League Unlimited animated series. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and today we're covering episode 5 of JLU, which just happens to be a family favorite, and without a doubt, the most rewatched episode of the entire series, at least in this household. Truth. And that would be Kid Stuff. Now, full disclosure, this is the second time we've recorded this episode. Yes. <laughs> For the first time in eight years, Cindy and I actually had a botched recording. Uh, a technical, technical problem. But we have not had internet at our house since, what, last Tuesday? So almost yeah, a week. Yeah, the thing was actually, yeah, yeah, it's been almost a week, yeah. And uh, I guess it was trying to connect to Wi-Fi that wasn't there, mm-hmm. a background program, and it made an awful clicking, awful sound. So this is round number two. Hopefully, we'll have the same enthusiasm for this one. Luckily, this is an episode we really love, so we should be okay. Yeah. So, just full disclosure there. Not that you really needed to know that, but thought it might be fun for you to know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, Kid Stuff originally aired August 14th, 2004. Written by Henry Gilroy, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos. Music by Christopher Carter. In our cast, we had, which is a little bit larger than usual, we had Phil Lamar as Green Lantern, George Newbern as Superman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, Kevin Conroy as Batman, and here's some ringers, Dakota Fanning as Kid Wonder Woman, Kyle Alcazar as Kid Batman, Mark John Jeffries as Kid Green Lantern, Shane Habacha as Kid Superman. Why didn't they just say Superboy? I don't know. Olivia Deabo as Morgan Le Fay, Soren Fulton as Mordred, Cheryl Lee Ralph as Cheetah, Ashley Edner as May, Jose Yinkwe as Copperhead, and Dee Bradley Baker as Blockbuster. In an ancient temple, Morgan Le Fay discovers the Amulet of First Magic, hoping to use it to conquer the world for her son Mordred, who she has kept eternally young as she waited for his kingdom to become available. But Mordred is tired of waiting for the destiny his mother has promised him for centuries and seizes the amulet, using its power to make it so that he never has to see anyone older than him again. Adults disappear all over the world, including Justice Leaguers, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern, along with the supervillains they were fighting. The heroes find themselves in the adult population of the planet in a limbo-like dimension. Batman notices the lack of children, and Morgan Le Fay appears to confirm that her child is responsible. Since even her magic can't compete with the power of Mordred's amulet, she proposes her and the League work together. Since the spell only affects adults, she proposes something that none of the Leaguers are eager to do, yet they agree. Back on Earth, Mordred transforms a very familiar-looking theme park into a twisted dystopian vision and leads his new subjects to his castle throne. Behind the crowd emerges the Justice League, now reverted to their preteen selves, complete with childish attitudes, but retaining the desire to once again save the Earth. They find Mordred in his castle, appeasing his subjects with their tiny desires. He laughs at the Justice Babies when they confront him and enlarges and animates a set of action figures who give the heroes a good fight. The Leaguers defeat Mordred's army, but he freezes them in ice and drops them into the dungeon. There, they are about to be executed at the hands of, maybe Etrigan? The diminutive demon torments the heroes until Wonder Woman uses her angry babysitter voice and chastises him into tears. She then comforts him and cures him of his surliness with a good burp. When they escape the dungeon, they find the kids playing rather violently outside. The heroes pledge to find their parents, 
but the kids aren't interested in taking orders from them until Wonder Woman uses that voice again and threatens to tattle on them. The kids leave the park and the League finds Mordred taking a nap outside the castle. Their attempt to remove the amulet is thwarted by a random little girl, and they find themselves wrestling with the mini-god, who responds by growing to enormous size. The Leaguers manage to temporarily escape Mordred in some stone gargoyles he animated and retreat with the girl to his castle. Green Lantern makes a giant mech with his ring and keeps the now-armored Mordred occupied in battle while the others remove his amulet. They play monkey in the middle for a bit until Etrigan catches the amulet, bites into it, and releases a powerful wave of magic. But Mordred has already absorbed much of the amulet's power and suspends the heroes upside down in the air. He grabs the sword and the stone from the theme park and changes it into a wicked-looking jagged blade. As he prepares to dispatch his enemies, the little girl begins to cry for her mama. Mordred tries to convince her she doesn't need her mother, but is unable to reason with her. The League points out Mordred's childish shortcomings as a king. He tells them they don't know what it's like to be stuck as a child, but Batman points out that with the amulet's power, he could have made himself a man at any time. A defiant Mordred does just that and exclaims, I'm older than you now! Only when Batman says, you sure are, does he realize what he's done. Mordred disappears from Earth and reappears in the realm he banished all the adults to. There his mother warns him his actions will have terrible consequences. As Mordred's spell comes undone, adults begin to reappear across the globe, and parents and children are reunited. In the reverted Funzie land, Morgan appears to the League and reverts them and Etrigan to their adult selves. She tells them that now that he's broken her spell, Mordred has lost his eternal youth and only has eternal life. Wonder Woman mentions to Batman it was fun being a kid again, to which the Dark Knight responds, I haven't been a kid since I was eight years old. With the room brought down, the League departs. Far away in an ancient castle, Morgan dotes over the now shriveled and incapacitated body of an aged and drooling Mordred. Yes, yes, yes. In the cast, we have some returning, you know, villains this time. Olivia Deabo returns as Morgan Le Fay. And, of course, she also voices Star Sapphire on the series. She was Kevin and Wayne's sister on The Wonder Years, so another alum of that show on the series. In, in a relatively short amount of time as well. Yeah, we just had Hawk and Dove on here, and yeah. now, and you know, now uh, Fred Savage and uh, Jason Hervey. Yeah, yeah, Jason Hervey. We just had them on, and now we've got Olivia Diabo back. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Soren Fulton is back from A Night in the Shadows, where he played Mordred before. The same year he was in the live-action Thunderbirds movie with Bill Paxton. It was real people instead of puppets that time. Mordred is seen playing a video game the entire time he yep. and Morgan are entering the temple. Now it would be a phone. Now it would be a phone. Yeah, it's probably like a Game Boy or a Nintendo DS back then or something, but yeah. Uh, the Stone Guardian of the Amulet looks very Cthulhu-like, or maybe that's Cthulhu on this show. Right, true. Yeah, but no, he actually looks like Cthulhu with the squid head thing. Yeah, true. Uh, you can understand why Mordred turned out to be such a brat. I mean, one, his mother is a megalomaniac. Two... He was never allowed to age up past, what, like 10 or 12, maybe? Right. That would make anyone bitter and nuts, I would think. Right, you know. You got to think, what in, what is it, Interview with a Vampire, they talk about, you know, Lestat, they have the girl that was played by Kristen Dunst, and she basically goes nuts because she's stuck at that age. Right. So, you know, that's the whole thing. And, I mean, that goes through, um, you know, like in the Twilight series, they talk about there's a law against vampire children, and that was the whole crux of that series, that they thought that their daughter was a vampire child, and that's why they were coming after him and all of that stuff. And, you know, you go, keep going through that. 
kids stuck at that age, you are meant to mature. You're meant to grow. Mm. So it's against been, nature. Uh, one of our actresses in this episode has a connection to the Twilight series. So. Right, right. She's Jane in Twilight. Yep. Um, She's part of the Volturi. Mm. Mordred uses <laughs> the... like, I don't care. I rem- no, I, I've seen the movies. I mean, I, I and I don't, you know, I, they're fine. I don't, I, I'm not one of these people that like, Ugh. I mean, they're, they're fine. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're fine. They're, they, they were entertaining. I'm, I'm fine with it. I think Kristen Stewart's like a horrible actress, but other than that, I think the movies are fine. <laughs> I think, I think they're fine. Uh, in what I've seen her in, she is. Right. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Um, Morgan, however, she's done really good with the Diana, you know, they did one where she's Diana Spencer mm. and she's actually won some awards for that. So, mm. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, good. That's good. Mordred uses the magic to change from his purple Little Lord Flauntleroy outfit to a horned crown and pointy gold armor over blue tights with a red cape. He kind of looks like a boy version of Big Barda, but uh, as we'll see, he does not keep that look. No, it's a point of, uh Yeah, I think somebody goofed in the yeah. model sheets, like following the model sheets there. That's, that's my guess. So, His actual spell is, I never want to see you or anyone older than me ever again. Uh, technically, he's hundreds of years old, but I guess you're going by his visual age. Here. I know that. I mean, it's true. I mean, think about it. Who else would be older than him except for his mother and Jason Blood? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much that it. I can think. Yeah, Vandal Savage. And maybe Clarion the Witch Boy. <laughs> yeah, or? yeah, maybe. Yeah, Vandal Savage. You know. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just—he's older than everybody. Yeah. So we see the wave of the spell move across the world, and we have little snippets of how it's affecting adults, mm-hmm. and we see a teacher who just told her kids that they had a lot of homework to do, and she is apparently disintegrated by this wave in front of them, and the kids cheer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is kind of harsh. <laughs> I know. But, you know, um, I know one time my my kids at school had gotten in trouble, and I had told them, okay, tomorrow you guys are going to have to write an essay about what, what you did and why it was wrong. And I ended up with a stomach bug, and so I didn't come to school the next day. And I, I, from what I've been told, there was much glad tidings to be had that I was not there. Which is not nice. <laughs> oh man, uh, we see a little girl lose her mom at the zoo, and some kids witness a cop who was about to bust them for graffiti. The cop disappears in front of them, and mm. they make this kind of little. Smirky face, smirky, like like, nah. like at first they're like, uh oh, we got in trouble, and then he disappears. I'm like, ha ha, we can do something else. I mean, these kids aren't freaking out, like, oh my god, these adults have just disappeared in front of us. Like, all right, you know, yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's like little demons. I mean, come on, not the not the demon we're going to see in a little bit, but we get to the Justice League segment where they're stopping a bank robbery, and we get the DCAU debut of Bat Villains Blockbuster and KG Beast, and the return of Cheetah and Copperhead. Uh, there's some nice one-liners in the fight. Blockbusters pound their heads, to which uh, Superman responds, "Pound your own!" And then he punches him with his own fist, which yeah. I thought was nice. Uh, this blockbuster is the classic Hulk pastiche yeah. blockbuster. You know, I always thought it was interesting that Blockbuster wears sandals. He, he it, it, I don't know if I caught that. Yeah, he's. I mean, I have a coloring book uh, that was. It's. It was one of those from the 60s that they just, Whitman just kept in print right. through the 70s into the early 80s. And it, it adapts, uh, one of the stories in it that it adapts is the first blockbuster story. Okay. And even as a kid, I'm like, oh, he's got on sandals. He, the, that version of blockbuster, he was 
savage, but he wore sandals. I guess Carmen Infantino or somebody was like, well, it wouldn't make much sense for him to run around barefoot. So he was he was ahead of the curve with Lou Ferrigno with his little little footies that he wore as the Hulk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that you'd catch occasionally. You well, know. Like if you have a nice high-definition TV. Well, even yeah. as a kid in the 70s, every once in a while you'd be like, does he have shoes on? You know, it's like they goof and show him every once in a while. So. <laughs> Copperhead says, I won't go down so easy after he splats on Green Lantern's energy shield. And GL responds, sure you will. So yeah. <laughs> just, there's some really great one-liners in here, and they just get better mm-hmm. as we go along. I do like how Green Lantern tries to protect them with the, his energy bubble when the wave comes through. They see some policemen right. that are, are, are security guards that the wave like eats, basically, you know, disintegrates. And as it comes near them, he throws up his, his shield and gets in front. Gets in front of the other leaguers and it just goes through. But I do think it's kind of funny because Superman just kind of stands there. It's like, all right, Henry Cavill, you're Superman. Move. You know, save the capital. Come right. on. You know, <laughs> you've got super speed. <laughs> Don't just stand there like a doofus and go, oh, it blew up everything around me. Oh, damn. <laughs> hey, he can't help it. He, he would be a good I know. Superman. I know he would be. I don't, know he don't be. I'm not picking on Henry Cavill don't. himself. I'm picking on the. I like him. I like him too. I don't like he's, him the way you like him, but he's pretty. Yeah, he's a handsome man. But anyway, and he's furry. Yes, he is very furry. Yeah, especially in Man of Steel. It's like, God dang, are you auditioning for the Wolfman? Come on, you know. So, <laughs> so what did you think of about the design of the Limbo Dimension? Um, you know, with the floating rocks and the Kirby-like crackle and stuff like yeah, that. The, That's cool. It looked like like somebody take like it was like it was like when you're at a restaurant and they give you like a dessert. With uh, like a raspberry uh, swirl, swirl yeah. on it. That's what it looked like in the sky. Like yeah. raspberry swirls. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Blockbuster is in the fetal position, sucking his thumb. But Copperhead's reaction is priceless. And it's one we quote around here all, all the, the time. It was Judgment Day. And we got sent to the bad place. The, the bad, bad place. place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love how he can't say hell. So... Bad place just makes him sound even more pathetic. But the thing is, I'm like, dude, you're a super villain. What the crap did you think you were gonna go to? <laughs> and then she just whacks him. Uh, you know, he might he might go to confession every week. You know, I don't know. Maybe he thought that gets you know what him absolved. It absolves him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what his you know religious beliefs are. But yeah, yeah. And then she just slaps him. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Batman notices the lack of kids. Probably because he was looking for some new Robin recruits. Oh, Christopher. <laughs> uh, this is another episode where it would have been really nice to have seen Tim Drake in yeah, this. Yeah, true. Uh, to see him working with Kid Batman would have oh been my gosh. so much fun. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun, yeah. Uh, Morgan l- laments where she went wrong with raising her kid. You bathe them, you feed them, yada, yada. I thought that was pretty funny coming from her. No, I'm like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, I thought I taught him to be, you know, a good little world-dominating psychopath. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, no, not so much. So, you never hear what Morgan's plan is. Green Lantern just says, I don't like where this is going. And Superman says, we have to do it. Uh, so, Green Lantern sighs, and that's it. It makes for a wonderful reveal later. They, yes. They don't tell you exactly no, what's what they're going on. Do. Although, I do think when this episode, I didn't think, but... Like, a, you know, we're in this phase of the show where they spoil. Oh, true. The, yeah. So you've already seen the the Kid Justice League in the opening of the Credit, show. Yeah. So they ruined it. So yeah. And Bruce Timm said in another commentary track, 
uh, he said that, you know, they never intended they this was just a temporary thing because they um you know they 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 didn't have enough scenes to have bank scenes to fill it out mm-hmm. so they went the space 1999 route as uh, Isamu said but they they had planned you know to switch from that but in episodes like this it really does spoil what's going to happen mm-hmm. so yeah Mordred you just became the most powerful being on earth where are you going I'm going to Funzyland. Real subtle guys, you know. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's so obviously Disney World. Oh yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. Or Disneyland. I mean, yeah. And I mean, you've got the castle. You've got the spoke formation of the different lands around the it. Wagon you wheel. Know? Yeah. 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 You've, yeah. Definitely. And you've got the sword and the stone mm-hmm. in the middle of it, which comes in later, and of course also ties into Mordred and Morgan being part of Arthurian legend. But, mm-hmm. but still, yeah. Now, for some reason, King Mordred has went back to his old purple Lord Flauntroy. I know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I, like I said, I, I wonder if they've like follow this model sheet, you know, in this section and then follow it. In the, we changed to this one and they just kind of ignored it. They did. Or, the, yeah. They did the one scene where he changes. But why would he change back? Mm-hmm. Why would he go back to that? That doesn't even make sense in this episode because he's, you know, Wanting to be different, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. I don't yeah. know. And then we meet our junior Justice League. Oh my gosh, they were so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like as you pointed out, it's a real shame that they didn't, they never made action figures. I'm, I'm saying this, and I said it the first time we recorded, I'm going to say it again, I'll say it two or three more times in this recording. Make a set of the four of them, plus baby Etrigan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, please, somebody that makes toys, make that. <laughs> well, and I, I wonder, too, I'm, I'm surprised Mattel didn't get around to it because, you know, they did so many. I mean, they made a figure of from the next episode we're going to do that shocked me that they made that. Right. Uh, I mean, of course, it was just a little pack in, but still. But still, yeah, it was really cute. But, yeah, I mean, you you know, probably what it amounts to is they didn't have a kid you know, body, a, a buck, yeah. what they call, you know, that they can modify from. I mean, I. They could have taken the Tim Drake figure from the Batman line they oh, did true. and modified it, but they, they just didn't do it. So, yeah, it's it's a shame. And DC Direct didn't do too many Justice League figures mm-hmm. when they were doing them. So it, it's a shame they never got around to it. Uh, for our voice cast of the Young Justice League, Kid Wonder Woman is voiced by Dakota Fanning, who has made the usually arduous transition from child actor to adult actor with relative ease, it mm-hmm. seems. She is truly a talented young lady. Yeah. Not long after this, she starred in the live-action Charlotte's Web and recently appeared in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well as a regular on the series The Alienist with mm-hmm. uh, Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. Uh, there. Uh, and, uh, of course, like we said, she was in the Twilight films right. as well. Uh, Kyle Alcazar voiced Kid Batman, and this was his second-to-last credit. Uh, the last credit he has, he did voice work in the film Racing Stripes. Wasn't um, that with Frankie Muniz? I think so, yeah. Okay. About the zebra that was the racehorse. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. so. Yeah, I remember the kids watching that. I'm not sure what became of him after that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mark John Jeffries is still active today, but around this time he was all over TV and movies. I, I think he was the spokesperson for Dell or one of those computer companies. Okay. I can't remember which one, but I just I just remember him being like, you know, he was the kid that was like smarter than the adults mm-hmm. in the commercial series. Uh, he's probably best remembered, at least as a child actor, as Eddie Murphy's son in the Haunted Mansion film. Right. Which, I mean, I know, I'm a, I'm a big Haunted Mansion fan. 
There's a lot of, you know, diehards don't like that movie, and I get it. I don't dislike that movie. It's fine for what it is. I do think it, they kind of fumbled the ball mm-hmm. and didn't focus on enough on Well, and the poor, the one scene in it, spoiler, by the way, the one scene in it when they're in the crypt and you got all those skeletons and stuff, it scared the crap out of Danny for years. <laughs> That's that's what happens when you when you hire Rick Baker to be your special effects guy. Yeah, I mean he brings the horror, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great scene. Oh, it, it, it is a great scene, but, yeah, but not it, for a children's. But it, it is you know. it, it is like the rest of the movie is is very for the most part very kid friendly, mm-hmm. and then that scene is like oh crap, nightmare fuel. Yeah. You know, I mean it, it really it really is. It's it's it real. was for our kid. Yeah, it, yes, <laughs> yeah. For the longest time, we had to ford through that scene. Yep. Yeah. Uh, poor that poor movie had (laughs) I'm sorry I'm not a fan okay all right you're like Jennifer Tilly shut (laughs) up Shane Ashton Habacha who voiced Superman also voiced Robin in Justice League the New Frontier his last credit was 2013's 1981 which hard to believe New Frontier was that far back but it really was and that's my money, still the best DC animated movie of that set. Not counting like Mask of the Phantasm, mm. but of the direct to DVD, you know, that series, that's still the best. Uh, Wonder Woman is taller than her male counterparts. A nice nod to the fact that girls often mature faster than boys. Not just physically, but mentally as well, as we'll see. Yes, honey. Yes. Hey, don't honey me. I'm right. <laughs> You put you put a twelve year old girl next to a twelve year old boy, and let's see who makes a better decision. True. I, I mean, you know, I, I won't argue with you there. Uh, Green Lantern reveals he had to wear glasses as a kid, so he makes himself a rather dorky pair with this ring, which gets a snide comment from Batman. So he remakes them into a pair that looks just like Kyle Rayner's crab mask from the comics, Kyle Rayner's original costume design. Well, I mean, technically. He's in the classic Green Lantern suit for a second, and then he remakes it. Right. But, you right. know, the classic Daryl Banks design Kyle Rayner costume. I thought that was such a cool nod, especially since Kyle never has that in his DCAU appearances. No. Mm-mm. Because we saw him in basically a, a, well, a prototype of John's Green Lantern mm-hmm. suit on Superman the Animated Series. And then we're getting ready to see him again, spoiler warning, and... A, a simplified version of his Jim Lee design that in the comics had the dog collar right. look thing on. So, yeah. Which is just basically a traditional Green Lantern mask. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I love when the heroes take off for the castle. They all p- bypass Batman. <laughs> who says, it's not a race. I know. And, yeah. and they all look back at him like, ha ha. You know. <laughs> and he's just. <laughs> you know. It makes me think of the. Of the scene in uh, in in the Batman sixty six movie when Batman and Robin decide to run to oh, the, work, yeah. to the uh, you know, United Nations and you know Adam West looks all like he's you know like but Burt Ward's like <laughs> you know it's like so frantic <laughs> it's what it makes me think of yeah <laughs> so were you surprised that Mordred was trying to give his subjects what they wanted I mean he makes action figures for a kid he gives the older sister of a crying baby a cow for milk. I mean, he's put out while he's doing it, but but he is doing it. It's like he's trying to be a good king, at least for the moment. He wants adulation. That's the thing. He want, you know, he wants to be wanted. He wants to, you know, that that whole adulation thing, and that's what he's trying to do: give people what they want. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but I mean, he could be like a total despot. Yeah, I mean, he could be, and he's he's not. So it's it's kind of interesting. I like the fact that they give him. 
some shades of gray there. Right. You know, I mean, he's frustrated with it. He does the one thing where he like slaps his face and then rubs his hand down and it, and it kind of, it's kind of, if you think about it, it kind of telegraphs the way his face is all wrinkled. It kind of telegraphs what he's going to look like at the end of the episode. Oh, true. Yeah. So, hmm, if you're paying, uh. if you're paying attention. So, yeah. <laughs> so when the league arrives, Mordred calls them the Justice Babies and has a good laugh. He's, I rolling, mean, like holding his stomach. Yeah. Or, rolling know? around in his throne. Yeah. But I love how Batman just keeps calling him precious. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's old school kid talk for sissy mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> Like most 10 to 12 year olds, Green Lantern is indecisive and can't make up his mind on what to make with his ring. He says, I'll make a laser cannon. No, a missile launcher. <laughs> and when Batman orders him to just pick something, he makes a boxing glove. Yes. That is clearly a poke at the fact that Hal Jordan often fell back on that object to solve any number of problems. And it was one of the reasons Tim and company eschewed constructs at first. They mm -hmm. thought, oh, who wants to see him make a boxing glove? But then they realized, oh, it is fun when he makes stuff. Yeah. And as we'll see, young John is way more imaginative and way more inventive with his power ring than his adult Right, but, but the thing about it, though, is I kind of wonder if going forward, he had that touchstone of remembering being a kid. And from then on, he does do constructs. It's kind of like... He got in touch with his inner child and kind of released yeah. that. You know, I think that got brought forward. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. We've seen it. We've seen them increase a little. You know, because I mean, right. at first there were none. I yeah. mean, it was it was bubbles and beams, bubbles and beams. But we've seen a few here and there. Like when he, oddly enough, in you know, it was it was another fun episode. It was uh, Comfort and Joy where he made the snowman. Yeah, you know, or made the parts of the snowman yeah. and things like that. Made the hands come out of the snow, but. Um, so we, we've that was probably the first time we saw really saw constructs. Um, so we'll, let's we'll keep an eye on that yeah. to see if 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 it you know increases from here. I know you had to love the scene where <laughs> Batman helps distract an action figure that was about to spear Wonder Woman. Then she shatters the figure with one punch, catches Batman, and says, "You okay, tough guy?" <laughs> but his reaction, it, he freaks out like, "Let me go. I'm fine." And he puts his head down, slopes his shoulders with his cape wrapped around him and just like skulks away. I know. I mean, clearly Diana, as you said, is more mature. Mm -hmm. And I think she's feeling much more romantic toward Bruce than he is back to her. Right. Or at least the, that he'll admit. Right. Anyway, so yeah. Well, you know, he's at the stage where he thinks girls have cooties. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Batman, the master strategist that he is just yells, get him! And then they charge him and get sent to the dungeon. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have a plan. <laughs> and who is in the dungeon but Etrigan the demon, somehow turned into a baby. Uh, now, this is potentially a huge plot hole in this episode. Like, you have to ask, why is he there like this? Why is Mordred using his arch enemy as his rancor? Right. You know, I mean, it's like the rancor in the pit. But at the same time, you have to think, that Mordred and Morgan Le Fay and Etrigan, i.e. Jason Blood, they're all connected. They're yeah. all from that same time frame. So I wonder, because her magic was affected by Mordred, did that affect him? Was it like a, a boomerang effect somehow? Mm. Because remember, that's how Jason Blood has come forward because Morgan Le Fay enchanted him. Right, yeah. So I wonder, you know, if there's some... Yeah. You know? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah, just, I mean, that's, a, that's as good an excuse as, as any. 
This episode is goofy fun, and I know you think Baby Etrigan is adorable. He is. He is adorable. I agree. So I'm not going to dwell on this, but a simple line from Morgan about sending you some help would have sufficed. You could see her taking some delight in changing her old lover into a baby right? like this. And and then you could assume Mordred simply manipulated his infant mind into helping him. You know? Right. But, you know, and, and maybe because he's so much older than them, that's how he's so much younger. younger yeah. Uh, but we do get Green Lantern saying, what did he do to the demon? So I guess we have to assume that Mordred did this. Right. So within the episode. But I do like how Batman is the one who tries to reason with him. And ask Superman not to hurt him, since they obviously have a history that goes back even before what we saw in the new Batman Adventures. Exactly. So, and actually, I think that goes back to, I think it's Batman Adventures Annual number one or two. I can't remember remember the comic. Uh, right, right. And, like, that was a Bruce Tim Paul Dini, Glenn Murakami uh, created issue, if I remember Do we right. have all the issues of that? We have all the first series. And then along the way, I just, you know, I didn't get all of the different ones over the years, so... There's some fun bits here how uh, Etrigan bites Superman, shoots fire in his face, and bounces on Green Lantern's energy. I uh, know. He's your typical toddler. Yeah. What did you think about Wonder Woman authoritative babysitter? I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I loved it because she's like, nope. Yeah. That's how we're doing it. You naughty demon. Now Etrigan. Bad Etrigan. <laughs> it it kind of puts me in mind. I mean, there is a certain voice. I mean, you know, Andrew and Danny both call it my Miss Cindy voice because there's a certain voice that register that I get into if I'm around a group of kids and they're acting up or something like that and I will hit a certain pitch and quite honestly I mean knock on wood it works yeah I mean kids are like oh shoot we messed up we have got to straighten up it works with everybody but Andrew yeah it works with everybody but <laughs> Andrew but <sighs> it worked on him when he was younger but it yeah, stopped working yeah. at him when he's like 10 or something like I that know. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny, you know, uh, they, you know, Wonder Woman says, oh, well, that's all he needed after she burps him. Yeah. And, and Green Lantern says, that's not all he needs. And Batman responds, that is definitely a job for Superman. <laughs> so Superman changing a baby demon's diaper. Now that's something we've never seen the character do before. So, no. Yeah, we don't see it on camera, but they hand it off to him and he's like, ooh. And he like pushes <laughs> holds it out. Holds it out. I see you do that with the kids oh. where they Oh, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's just like, and you open it up, and I mean, the smell would just about knock you over. I mean, it was just I like. I know, I know. I do not miss that part of being a parent. I mean, it's like, ugh, I, just, I like, man, why can't we go back to the, you know, the dinosaur age when, you know, dads didn't change diapers? <laughs> no, that is an equal thing. I know, but I'm pretty sure my dad never changed our diapers, so. You know, I know. It's, I mean, he told me he said he could count on the number of on one hand the time he changed you and Rhonda's diapers put together. I'm we were talking about that one day. I'm surprised he did it at all. It was probably just out of pure necessity. Yeah, there was like no other way to get around it. Yeah, we let him run free in the backyard and let nature take its course. You know, woo, woo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just occurred to me this is our only chance to see the classic version of Superboy. In the DCAU or in animation at all, since the a few handful of Super Friends cartoons. I mean, there was you know obviously the filmation series, right? And then a few times on Super Friends, but we never saw Superboy um, at all. When James Tucker and others launched the Legion cartoon, it was called Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Spike Clark being a teenager, and I think that was because at that point there was the, the legal wrangling with the mm -hmm. Siegel estate, and I think. Superboy was a, a bone of contention in that. That particular name usage. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Etrigan, sorry, Etrigan just kind of comes in and out of this episode from here. He kind of functions as that studio or network mandated goofy comic relief sidekick. Yeah. Uh, that all kid centered cartoons had to have in the 70s and 80s. You know, he's your Batmite, he's your Scrappy Doo, he's your, um, he's your, uh, Gleek, he's your Orko, mm -hmm. you know, but he's, you know, a lot better than a lot of those. And I mean, I do really think, we were talking about this the first time we recorded, it just came up, but, I mean, Baby Etrigan could have been the first Grogu. I mean, he could I have, know, he could I have know. been a Baby Yoda, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, but they didn't make it. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, so the kids were impressed with Mordred enough to just follow him to his kingdom, but the Justice League shows up and they aren't in awe. I mean, even kid versions of them. I think that's kind of strange. Well, but see, they're not the versions they're used to. Mordred is something new that they've never seen before. They've seen what Superman's supposed to look like. Hmm, that's true. I mean, you know, even though he says, you know, why should we? Li why should we listen to you? But see, when he established that he was the kid with the yeah. laser beams coming on, they're like, oh, you know, yeah, maybe, I'm the kid know. with laser beams coming out of his eyes. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> as far as these kids know, they're just kids that broke into a costume shop. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So. Could be. Yeah. It uh, leads to one of the most memorable moments, though, when Wonder Woman threatens. They she says, "We know we're going to find your parents, and I'm going to tell." <laughs> yep. <laughs> uses that voice again, and I love Green Lantern and Batman's exchange. Man, your girlfriend sure is bossy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> when Mordred is napping, he has his crown back on. But the rest of his outfit is the purple. You know, it's the mm -hmm. regular costume. I really do think, again, not to keep beating a dead horse. You will, though. But I, I think somebody goofed. You're making glue out of this. Yes, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, when they're trying to come up with a plan, Green Lantern says, I'll make a lawnmower and chew him up. <laughs> like, Slow down, John. Let's calm, calm down there a little bit. It, and they say, no, and like, why not? And Superman says, because it's stupid. Yeah, you know, I mean, that is, it sounds like a bunch of boys. A bunch of kids just like you know, you know, giving each other a hard time. It really is funny. Yeah, uh, I know you have to love the exchange with Diana about deciding who she's going to. I know. Split. Well, I'll go with Clark. No, I'll go with Bruce. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh I'm good to goodness. go with Diana. It's like, no, I decided I'm going to go with Bruce. Batman's like, whatever. <laughs> and that leads to. An even greater exchange. I know, I know. Superman's like, what's up with them? <laughs> and Green Lantern responds, man, for a guy with 50 different vision powers, you are so blind. <laughs> so poor Superman, he's just clueless. I wonder if, like, I don't really remember them, like, addressing that in the show much, how Superman reacted to the Batman Wonder Woman thing. Right. You know, because they, I mean, I don't remember him ever, like, you know, you guys got a thing or... You know, because, I mean, Bruce Tim said that there were some people like, oh, put Wonder Woman and Superman together. He's like, no, he's with Lois. Right. You know, he's meant to be with Lois, not with Wonder Woman. And, uh, which, you know, people did New 52, didn't get that memo. Uh, but, but, Let it go. Man. I know, I know. But, uh, you know, obviously history has corrected itself because there's a TV show called Superman and Lois. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, it's, it, it'd be interesting to see is Superman that clueless about him in in the adult in their adult versions right because obviously green lantern knows what's going on because him and batman actually talk about the relationships right and we'll see like in the season finale they're sitting around in a watchtower talking about 
they're they're dating and mm-hmm. not dating and who they're dating and you mm-hmm. know and who they used to date and so it's kind of it's kind of interesting it's it's kind of neat that Batman and Green Lantern kind of end up having that relationship together that friendship. Well, I mean, here. you think about it; they're both hard asses. That's true. Yeah, you know, and they don't. They're both hard asses who don't like to show emotion. And they don't emote. They yeah. don't emote, so they like talk to the other guy who doesn't emote. Yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, they they actually have a you know they they've got that in common. Yeah, they do. That's true. And yeah. they see see life in shades of black and white. Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, thinking about this of the leaguers. If the Flash had been in this episode, he wouldn't have been any different. No, it really, mm. it really wouldn't have. But it makes you wonder, like, would he have reverted to Kid Flash? Oh, because uh, <laughs> I mean, was he Kid Flash? Because right, I mean, we'll see later some things in the Flash Museum that are like, wait a minute, there's Jay Garrick's helmet. What does that mean? You know, right? And and, and then there's the the million dollar question: How does Teen Titans? tie into Justice League because Michael Rosenbaum was on Teen Titans as the voice of Kid Flash. Mm -hmm. The actor who played Speedy on Teen Titans shows up in season three of Justice League as Speedy in a very, very similar design, almost the exact same design, Mm -hmm. just aged up. So, where, where does this... Where does this fit in and does it? And some people are like, yes, it does. And other people are like, no, it doesn't. It... So, you know, it's, it's, it's that, and the creators have never like a hundred percent like said, nope, you know, it doesn't. Or, I mean, some have and some, they've contradicted each other. Yeah. The leaguers do refer to each other by their first names, but no one else is in earshot. Right. So, and I don't, although I don't think Batman calls them other than maybe Diana. Right. Which she lets everybody call her Diana yeah. from the get go. So they very rarely call her Wonder Woman, uh, you know, so. The uh, little girl that uh, blows their heist is annoying. Uh, you know, she makes Green Lantern use, lose his concentration with his power ring tweezers, mm-hmm. but at least she comes in handy later. Right. You know, so. And Green Lantern also says, man, I hate magic, but he also hates time travel. Right. Again, back to that, you know, he's a hard butt who only sees the world in black and white. Yeah. So. He, he's got a power ring. It's science, though. It, you know, he can believe in that. It's like magic, time travel, just too much muckety muck. For him, I guess. Or I something. get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Superman gives Mordred a hot foot like he did Darkseid, but I wonder if it comes through. Like, I know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, Mordred animates some stone gargoyles to keep the heroes from escaping. This is very much like a kid playing with a random box of toys with his action figures. Yeah. You know? Like, he's like, okay, I'm going to take these dinosaurs and put them in with my Justice League play or something. Yeah. You know? That's kind of what it reminds me of. Uh, is this the first time Batman's seen on a surfboard since Surf's Up, Joker's Under? I don't know. Because Green Lantern makes a flying surfboard. Right, right. With, which, you know, makes you think of the Silver Surfer with him and uh, Batman as they escape the gargoyles. So. Uh, I guess they left Etrigan in the castle, and when they got back, he rejoined them, which, you know, makes that sense. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Because, you know, remember Green Lantern made him a little playpen so that he crawled out of, but still. Yeah, that's true. So maybe he had something to play with. Uh, speaking of which, Green Lantern makes that sweet, sweet mech, which is very mm. much like Cal, Cal Rainer. Rainer would do. Yeah, yeah, something very much Cal Rainer would do, yeah. Mordred makes a more traditional knight armor for himself when he's fighting Green Lantern's mech, complete with chainmail headpiece. That aspect is similar to what Mordred wears under his helmet in the film yeah. Excalibur. Right, and I mean, like, I mean, we talked about this before, but we got to see that when we were in school. We watched yeah. that, and I remember... There's a part of it where it's either Morgan Le Fay or Guinevere is shown topless. I can't yeah. remember who it is. Yeah. But I just remember that the teacher 
ran over to the cart because I had it first period, whatever <laughs> class that was, and flipping the cart around real quick. <laughs> With the TV on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I remember that was one of those movies that I rented a lot myself, you know, not because right. it had, you know, boobs. Oh, uh, sure. But, I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, I just liked the movie otherwise. Um, or yeah. in addition to. Well, I mean, it wasn't bad, you know, but I was, believe me, like I've said before, the video store that we rented from, you didn't have any problem renting a movie that right. had boobs. That guy, it's like, oh, dude, how irresponsible was that guy? It's just, oh, but anyway, <laughs> I thank him, but I also condemn him. Uh, but uh, Your 14-year-old self says thank 14, my ass. I was more like 10 and 11 renting that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh, but anyway, uh, so I'm telling tales on myself. But uh, but no, I really liked that movie and read it a lot. So I, I liked Arthur. I was into Arthurian legend. You know, then you could it's a whole movie of it. You know, so right, it was cool. So what did you think about Etrigan biting the amulet? I mean, it's one of those cases. Think about it. He's a baby. He's going to put everything in his mouth. That's true. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. The scene of him twitching with electrical energy all around him is pretty it's funny. It's funny, but I was fu- Oh, honey. He's like, ah, and one eye's bigger than the other and twitching. Kind of yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, so we saw the sword and the stone at the beginning of the episode. And like I said, you assume it's just a nod to Disneyland, Disney World, and to Arthurian legend, but it actually comes into play at the end. Right. And he, as the king, pulls the sword from the stone. stone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, then he turns into a nasty looking blade. But, you know, the little girl starts crying, and again, Mordred seems to legitimately want to please this subject. He's begging the girl to stop crying because he he's convinced that, you know, he, she's better off without her parents, but right. he can't do anything about it, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not very understanding about it, obviously. Again, he wants adulation. Yeah. Batman's psychoanalysis is brilliant. Of course, he's, you know, good at that. He really turns the screws on Mordred. Face it, precious. You enjoy being a little mama's boy. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes himself into an adult. And I guess adult Mordred is mostly naked to show his body proportions are indeed adult. Right. He's just got a, you know, loincloth type thing. Covering on. his little wizard. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of odd that the magic drops him in the limbo dimension long enough for his mom to chastise him before the spell begins to unravel. Right. You think it'd just be like poof, you know, instantly, but... But you also have to think she had a huge spell on him, so it kind of had to work through that. You mm, know, that's true too. Yeah, uh, Morgan keeps her bargain with the league, something she didn't do for Jason Blood, as I recall. Mm-mm. So maybe with age, you know, yeah, she mellowed a little bit. Yeah, maybe. What did you think about Adult Etrigan's response to being in Wonder Woman's arms, Mommy? Yeah, <laughs> and that's Kevin Conroy's voice for that one line. Yeah, you know, they're not going to bring in a voice actor to. Do one line, but yeah, and she drops him. Which yeah, funny, so you're not cute anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then Batman plays Captain Bring Down and lets the air out of this really fun balloon. I know. Way, way to go, Bruce. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, and I mean, you know, the other guy's got to be like, dude, lighten up. You know, right. I mean, and, you know, Superman. You know, at some some point, I just like to see Superman go. I mean, don't. This is me joking. Obviously, I get the horror of what Batman went through. He's my favorite character of all that. You know, but. I'd like to see Superman go, dude, my whole planet blew up. Get over it. Right. You know, <laughs> my well, parents, my dog, my everybody my, I knew blew up. You know, so. It's kind of like Luke is all depressed because, you know, his aunt and uncle got killed. But then here's Leia trying to 
support him, and her whole planet blew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. I'm like, grow a pair, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, there's the very dark and disturbing final image of Mordred, vacant-eyed and drooling, like a living corpse, just like, ugh, Ooh, yikes. Yeah. I mean, it is just real. She's going to be bathing him now. Yeah, she Ooh. definitely is. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I don't think we ever see those two again. Mm-mm. So uh, that's the last we see of them in, in canon, as far as I know, unless they came back. And I still haven't read the Justice League Infinity series. I've got all the books. I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. It came out recently by James Tucker and J.M.D. Mateus. I need, I need to read it. So. so now getting into some of our superlatives. Power action feature. Or power action feature. I mean, this one's tough, but what, what do you think's the what do you think's the moment? Honestly, I mean, I keep thinking about this. I think one thing is when you see Green Lantern at the very beginning step in front of everybody else to try and protect him. I mean, mm. to me, that's a power action. Think about it. Yeah, I know you liked his mech thing, too. And I mean, you know, I love, you know, what he did later when he was a kid, but I'm thinking about, you know, really, when you think about the power action... That comes from his heart. Yeah. He stepped in front of everybody else to try and protect them. Yeah. You know? I would say, too, I mean, it doesn't, you know, we've done it in the past. It doesn't have to be like an action move. The fact that Batman and Green Lantern in particular tag-teamed on taunting Mordred into mm-hmm. undoing his spell, you know, I thought I thought that was, uh, you know, that was a worthy power action feature. Right. Well, so. To me, Green, I, I would say my Green Lantern is either Alan Scott or John Stewart. Yeah, well, I've, since I've watched this show, I've, I gotta say, been watching it on this show. I think John Stewart's kind of leapfrogged over Alan. It was Alan well, I'm talking about you know for the, the you know the yeah. classicness of it and being right. the first and you know right rotating chairperson for uh, rotating chairperson. I think you got to give it. Oh, Wonder Woman, yeah. completely and utterly. She went in there. She told these boys, "This is how it's going to be." You know, right? Told everybody how this is what's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to tell. Yeah. <laughs> You will behave. Yeah. Justice League Communicator. Uh, Justice League Communicator. This one is like one of the hardest ones to nail down. Oh, there, I can't think. I mean, there's so many different lines in this. I think that the exchange, one, because it's got the whole kid cast interacting. When Diana's trying to pick who she's going to go. With Clark or Bruce. Yeah. And, it's like, and then, then the Green Lantern's like, for that many, there are 50 different kinds of vision. You sure are blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think that one sums up this episode better than any, yes. any other, yeah. Comic Connections. For Comic Connections, uh, actually the basic plot of a world where grown-ups are magically erased from reality is the same as JLA World Without Grown-Ups from 1998 by writer Todd DeZago and artist Humberto Ramos and Mike McCone. That kicked off the Young Justice comic series, but oddly enough, those creators weren't involved in the Young Justice comic series. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have understood what happened there. I've, you know, it seemed like Todd DeZago in particular got kind of screwed. Yeah, uh, Peter David actually wrote the Young Justice series, and he wrote uh, the main chapters of the Young Justice Sins of Youth event uh, a few years later, which found the adult heroes turned into kids and the kids' heroes turned into adults. Hmm, okay. Another Jack Kirby demon character, Clarion the Witch Boy, was the impetus for that one. So a little, some connections there. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of a mix of those two. Plus they're, you know, like the DCA you guys always do. They, they mix it up and add their own flavor. Electricity is evil. Electricity is evil. It's back. I know. Because Batman disarms KG Beast with a battering to his electronic backpack and it fries him. And then Etrigan is kind of shocked by the amulet, as right. we say. So, 
so what what do you think of this one overall? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's wonderful. Again, somebody, please, that works for a toy company, make the four heroes and baby Etrigan, please. Yeah, yes. Pretty please. Yeah. <laughs> well, it have to be, at this point, it'd probably have to be McFarlane or... Uh, Spin Masters, and I don't think Spin Masters would do it, so it might have to be McFarland. I don't, I don't know, but uh, they, I mean, obviously, there's the foreign import companies, right? And stuff, Mezco and things like that, but I, I can't see them doing that. Well, I mean, you do have that one figure that we got you, where it's Batman on the gargoyle. Who was that by? QMX. Okay. Yeah, and it's it. The version that I got is like the Adam West Batman, mm-hmm. but I think they did different versions. One that was more like the classic comic Batman. And that did, the shape of his face and stuff does remind you of the kid Batman mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, that's probably the closest you get. So, yeah, I, I love this episode. Now, we grew up, our kids, like I said, watched this episode over and over and over. I mean, Andrew literally just, I'm surprised that the DVD even still works. I know. Uh, because there's there's not a laser hole through it. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts how many times he watched that. But, you know... Maybe our listeners didn't like this episode as well because they didn't have their kids to, you know, watch it with. And, right, true. And, and they thought it was too goofy or something. Let us know what you think. I mean, and speaking of which, um, you know, we've been thinking about uh, feedback and the nature of the way we're doing the show. We're, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to stay on top of the schedule uh, when you have to re-record episodes and your internet's down and your schedule gets screwed up. Uh, but yeah. we're, we're trying to... And we're trying to keep that bi-weekly schedule going. So we've kind of, you know, I don't, we've fallen behind on covering feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what, we're, I think the best thing to do is to just do feedback at the end of the season to read it on air. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan does on Cheerscast, like Rob does on MASHcast. And mm-hmm. do, maybe do it with our season wrap-up episode. But you also have to think, Chris is really good about if you, when you write in, on there to give feedback. He gives you immediate feedback right then. So. Right. I mean, I, I've try, I try to respond to everybody, um, at least, you know, something that you've mentioned in mm-hmm. your feedback at firewaterpodcast.com. So please, please continue to give us feedback. Mm-hmm. We love to hear what you guys say, uh, what you have to say about the episodes, about the episode of Justice League, about our episode. Um, so please continue to do that. And we will, you know, mm-hmm. read, read, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cherry pick when we get to the end of the season, but um, yes, please, please continue to do so. So special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the fire and water podcast network, visit patreon.com slash FW podcast. Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan and Neil Whitney for specifically supporting JLU cast. If we could do guys, we'd change you back to kids for a day and let you have some fun. Uh, but um, you know, I don't really have that problem because I've got a house full of action figures. So, mm-hmm. You know, so I don't really have to be changed back to a kid. <laughs> I'm the opposite of Batman. Uh, yeah. I've remained a kid since I was eight years old. Uh, so <laughs> in some ways. Uh, next time, it's another one of our favorites and another fun one. And I know yes. it's one of your particular favorites. Yes. Period. Plus, we'll have a returning special guest, as promised, when Zatanna reappears. So does Network All-Star Ryan Daly. He will join us to discuss this little piggy. So have your singing voice ready. See you then. Bye. Bye. JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue mommy and daddy.
Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. We'll split up and sneak behind him. The liner can do his thing, but no mores. Why? Because it's stupid. I guess I'll go with Clark. Unless I should go with you. Whatever. I'm fine to go with Diana. So Bruce and I are good to go? I changed my mind. I'll go with Bruce, and John can go with Clark. Whatever. What's with them? Man, for somebody with like 50 different kinds of vision, you are so blind.